According to the National Wellness Institute, there are seven domains of wellness, with one of them being spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness is the search for and understanding of the meaning of life and finding purpose. Wellness Continuing offers spiritual tools and resources to better understand the meaning of life and your true nature. From a podcast on consciousness in the afterlife, to blog posts, as well as healing music with binaural beats and more. The ancient Chinese believed that the heart was the center of human cognition, and therefore the heart and the mind are one. Wellness Continuing. Elevate your heart-mind. Welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. Dr. Christina Rawls was a clinical counselor and philosophy professor for many years. An empath since birth, Christina felt it was time to pursue professional trance mediumship in 2021, not only for the healing, joy, and continued understanding that is always a part of any real mediumship practice, but also because orb spirits have been appearing in photos since 2007. In 2022, Christina started doing transfiguration and presented a live spirit photography demonstration at the annual IANS conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. Her practice as an evidential trance medium has now grown to include public gatherings in multiple states in the US, and she continues to study with other professional mediums and learn more about her physical mediumship from well-established mediums such as Suzanne Giesman and Michael Shane. Dr. Rawls has also been vetted for the past year with over 80 practice hours with other mediums by Very Soul. Here's my conversation with Dr. Rawls all about physical mediumship, its history, and its healing potential. Christina, it is so lovely to have you here on the show. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited also. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to talking with you. I was a lucky person to be a guest on your show called Orb Magic. Great name. Yeah. yeah. It's just a new podcast that's still kind of in the works. <laughs> I love it. But I'm so appreciative. You have amazing guests. You had Alison Dubois. Yeah. And that happened uh, by with divine intervention. I don't know how else to explain it. It all came together unexpectedly for both of us within a 48-hour period of time. But... Also, Kai Muga, a physical medium in Germany, who is just amazing. And uh, recently, Camille Dan. Yeah. Erin's energy, energy book. Yeah. 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 Amazing. She's so lovely. I love her she story. Is. She is. Mm -hmm. and, her, and she and I, was, we were talking about philosophy. I mean, we, are the, we just said we have to do more. We're going to do more. <laughs> Definitely. She's I feel amazing. that. Yes, I, I feel that with a lot of my guests. Um, there's just so much to talk about. It's hard right. to encapsulate everything in an hour or less. Right. So right. a lot of people so are true. returning guests. Um, and I yeah. have a feeling you will be one of those as well. Oh, well, I hope so. Let's see what the feedback is. Let's see, Let's see what they say on social. Oh, my goodness. So Let's talk about physical mediumship, because this is something that people, you know, still aren't fully under, it's not fully understood. People hear about it, but there's a lot of misunderstanding about that subject. So tell me about physical mediumship. Well, I am not the one to ask, but I'd be glad to, you know, <laughs> talk 
about some some of it. Here's the thing. I did not realize that spirit photography is technically considered a type of physical mediumship. I have been taking spirit photography because it happened to me, as you know, but um, it's been in my awareness, let's put it that way, since 2007 and now happens with repeatability, but I did not realize that it was a type of physical mediumship. And so I've been a physical medium since 2007 and didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, and that's, listen, I, that's exactly why I want to talk about this. I had no idea yeah. either. When I found that right. out, it's like, oh man, right. there's so much to, to learn about this. Right, but I've been, as you know, an evidential and just medium, you know, intuitive since I was born. My first NDE, according to my parents, was the day I was born. I had past life memories when I was a child. And, you know, I've just had all kinds of super normal, as they call it now, super normal experiences all my life. And I worked very hard at trying to be a healthy skeptic. I remember when I was 20, I, did, I said, I'm going the science route. I was going to go into neuroscience, even though I studied philosophy already, psychology and all that jazz. But then I ended up studying philosophy. It has also always been a part of me. Um, and I thought, truth, beauty, and goodness, wouldn't philosophy be the best place to talk about metaphysics? And sometimes it was, but most of the time, sadly, or unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, although I don't regret any of that background. But the physical mediumship really took off with, while I was a doctoral student, and then, which, again, ironic, because it was, I was doing Spinoza, and that was the last place you could put this kind of metaphysics. He's considered like the first philosopher of the laws of nature, <laughs> you know, systematic laws of nature, end of story. And so that was just fascinating that it all happened at around the same time. But now with the transfiguration and the physical phenomena, seance mediumship, it's really exploding for me personally. And I'm still learning about it. Like I have here right in front of me, a new two-volume set by Maxine Millier, The Great Moments of Modern Mediumship, all about physical mediumship, but it's two volumes, and it was just published a few years ago. Um, but physical mediumship has been around for all of time. People remember you know? or know physical mediumship uh, back in, like, the 1800s. Yeah, like right? Helen Duncan yes. and Marjorie yes. Crandon, the greats, right? Yeah, um, you know, flying trumpets, but that is still what happens. That is still what happens in a seance room. And I've now done communal and private seances with some of the best in the world. And, you know, when you see and talk with, with 10 people around, all hearing and seeing the same thing, when you see and talk with spirits stepping from a cabinet, it's life-changing. It, it is sublime because it's, the, uh, it's other dimensions and it's human beings, human souls, coming through and working very hard to do it, too. Because they have to really lower their vibration to even. And then to walk into a room with everybody and show their ethereal body and speak to everybody. That is, most people don't believe, many don't believe it's, I shouldn't say most, but many don't believe it's possible. And that is the epitome in many ways of physical mediumship. But it's all about healing and love and connection, as you know, and that life goes on after physical death. 
And it's all about realizing who we already are, that we are made of love. And so it's not scary and it's not talking to ghosts. It's, it's an awakening. It's a remembering. It's a coming together. And it is massively healing. I have witnessed some profound healing in all ways. Um, but I'm still learning. So, I do consider myself a physical medium because of the spirit photography, but I'm still learning. Sure, sure. So tell me about the healing part, because I don't know if people are really familiar with that possibility as well. Yeah, so oh, I'll give you a quick example. There is, I don't think it's in Alec Harris's biography that his wife wrote. He, he was another big physical medium and his wife wrote a book about their life together. I don't think it was in there. I forget at the moment where it is. It might be in Stuart Alexander's uh, autobiography, memoir, but there's this story where, you know, um, there was a, oh, I know, sorry, I know where it was. It was in Estelle Roberts' book, 50 Years a Medium, Red Cloud spoke through her for like three decades. And Red Cloud, as you know, is one of my my guides, but he's with many mediums. In that work, 50 Years a Medium, she talks about how Red Cloud w was uh, a healer when he was alive on the earth plane also, not just head of the Lakota Sioux, but he was a medicine man. And he can work, he worked through her hands. And so she would just, and Julie Adriana now does this as well. She's a physical medium who lives in Chicago, but um, friend of a friend. But uh, she, she works with hospitals. So she, and they get results and that's all that matters. And to the hospital, right? Positive healing results. But she will put her hands on or around and she will, the person and meditate and in 50 Years of Medium, with, with Estelle talks about she used to do the same thing. And the, and the spirit team would work through her. And then the results speak for themselves. Whatever ailment the person was experiencing is gone. I mean, they've seen tumors shrink on screen. I'm sure you've heard of that mm -hmm. research where they've watched tumors shrink and they don't know how. And the only thing that happened was either someone doing Reiki came in or someone who was a physical medium who does healing. But I've seen healing in seance and I've experienced it indirectly in my own gatherings. Just this past Sunday here in Northeast Ohio, we had a gathering at Three Spirals Studio and you know, I go into trance and then my spirit team speaks and then, you know, everybody gets evidential substantially. You know, there's that word again, but everybody gets evidential um, readings. And there was a woman there and without giving too many details because of the ethics, but there was a woman there who had just lost an infant. And it, it was the only way that she could herself save her own life and survive. The doctors had to tell her she would not survive if she gave birth. So she literally just lost an infant a few months ago and in front of everyone, her father across the veil came through holding not one but two infants and she proceeded to then tell the group that her brother had also lost an infant recently. Now, when that all happened, 
Everyone was in tears, but everyone was then instructed to send her healing, comforting energy. She then, her tears dried as she knew that her baby was safe with her father and that he was right there behind her holding the infant. And so I can't explain what kind of healing that is, you know. I just know that it's happening and that it's good and it's full of love and there are many witnesses and that the person feels better or is healed in some way or feels some comfort. So it's so interesting because at the core, it's all consciousness, it's all energy, and it all can do similar things through different mediums or channels. And I'm talking medium as like in the broad right. sense. So right. because I know with the tumor shrinking, that it also occurs in medical Qigong, which is part right. of Chinese medicine. Um, right. But it's just another avenue for doing the same thing that physical mediums can do. So they're, so physical mediumship is then the soul, the spirit of being working through the body of, a, of the physical medium. Correct. And in, correct. And in, and also melding with the medium's energy and then perhaps even directing the medium's body to, to mm-hmm. certain places of the, bo- the, the problem area of the other person so that the spirit world has more of a bridge. Right. Even more of a bridge. Because, you know, they're coming from their dimension through you and then they're using your body and your body's touching the other body. So you are like a bridge and somehow I'm still learning, but somehow some way it all is very helpful to have as many bridges as possible, including the intention, which is the first bridge, it's the loving intention that we are going to work in this way today. But in the seance room, um, so many profound things can happen in that way. And it's, it's about healing first and foremost, but boy, is it a lot of fun and joyous and full of laughter and music. And it's just, you know, it's so beautiful. I, I don't think anyone, ha- I've never seen anyone walk out of a seance room, just to put it into perspective, so far in the stuff I'm reading and the stuff I'm experiencing. It's never negative, never, even full dark totally dark ectoplasm seances you know people are suspicious there's a big debate about the darkness red light fine I use red light too even better but full dark ectoplasm is sensitive to light some ectoplasm is sensitive to light so sometimes you need the full darkness for the safety of the medium but I have never seen anyone walk out of those experiences and want to commit suicide just to get to the other side just to put it into perspective a lot of people get you know when I was working for the soul you know volunteering for the soul phone project and soul phone foundation um, one of the things they were concerned with was what happens if this technology is released and then everybody knows there's another side and then you know won't they want to get there sooner right what what are we going to do about people who want to commit suicide and it's a legitimate and very important real question and a very hard one but I have never experienced that feeling or anyone else around me have that feeling after one of these gatherings nobody wants to hurry up and get to the other side they feel empowered they feel they feel loved they feel alive you know pun intended (laughs) they feel more alive on the earth plane than before I hear that 
it inspires us because we know that this is still a unique incarnation, whether our souls are the same and reincarnate in different bodies, each body is still unique and we're having a unique experience with all right. these different possibilities. So yeah, let's stick around and, and figure this out and, and stay on path right. and right. yeah, but with and a better sense to... of understanding. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. And isn't that exciting? And we chose to be here. Right. It's hard to wrap the human brain around. And as a philosophy person, I get that. Like, it's hard to wrap the logic around that. But reincarnation is real if you, you know, if you want to think of it that way. But we chose to come back and work on stuff together. Right. And to make the earth a better place. Absolutely. Tell me then about the Soul Phone Project, because I know a lot of people aren't familiar and uh, they only release a little bit of information um, as they're working on this project. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Who, so I don't volunteer. Yeah, I don't <laughs> volunteer anymore. It was just, uh, when did, I forget when it ended, but it was just last year that I volunteered um, for, for the year. And it is run, the foundation's run by Mark Pitstick, and I know you know that name. Um, and the Soul Phone is, project is run by Dr. Gary Schwartz, and I know you know that name. But tell me a bit um, about them for the people who don't know who they are. Oh, right. So <laughs> the gist is, I don't speak for, but for them, but the gist is, is that they're working on technology that directly connects you to the other side and your loved ones. Literally Whether a phone that call. Like literally a, a phone yeah. call, um, but through computers and, um, you know, it is, it is groundbreaking technology. And I think, and they're very close, and I think they are going to be successful um, as long as everybody keeps in mind, and I speak for myself here also, as long as everyone keeps in mind that you cannot control other human beings and their beliefs and their opinions, and you cannot force things on others, and you just keep that the ego in check when you when you do something that that big or that large, um, and you you make sure it's a it's a it's a loving safe group effort, and not just you know something that only a couple people are in control of because you could be the most amazing person in the whole world and still have ego problems. And so I think that they're going to be successful um, eventually. And I think it's good technology. I think it's good work. I think it's going to help humanity. But it's one among many things we're now experiencing in the awakening, right, as they call it, that are going to help humanity. I mean, look at Suzanne Giesman and all what she's doing, for example. I'm biased. I always bring her up. She's amazing. She's tell, amazing. Tell me about, amazing. Tell me about Suzanne as well, because, uh, again, people may not be familiar. Well, I will try to get her on your podcast. We'll bother her. <laughs> uh, but uh, 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 she was the highest ranking female U.S. Navy commander in United States history on 9-11. She was basically fifth in charge. Um, the assistant to the assistant, I think, to the Joint Chiefs of Staff on 9-11. She was in the last plane to be grounded on that day. And long story short, you could see all of her beautiful work and, and books and website and all that she does, but you know, she was not a believer in these things at all. And then had this sad, unfortunate experience of losing a child 
um, to a very, you know, to lightning strike of all things, and not just her stepdaughter, but the, the grandchild that they were all about to have, she was pregnant. And so they lost two people when that happened. And um, she, the grief was so profound for her and her husband, Ty, that they just kept trying different things. And one of the things they tried was a evidential medium. And it blew their socks off. And she, her whole consciousness shifted. And now she was just named one of the top 100 most mystical people in the world you know 10 years later I mean just again with the ego check but she does great work she does amazing work for I've had a personal reading for her and uh, with her and last year and you know she supports my photography and all that and I'm very grateful but in my personal reading with her um it was incredible. We we controlled remote viewed back to the crime I survived in 2009. So she was the only the second person ever. To, and I already knew what I survived. I know what I survived. And I talk about it in my interview with Alison Dubois. But she um, confirmed all of it in many ways in that reading with her team, Sanaya. And you know there's some philosophers on her team, Sanaya, which is exciting. I didn't William know James. That. Yeah. Is on her team. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. So yeah. so the thing is with Suzanne Giesman, I mean her story and and just that's already mind blowing. And right. It made me feel at the time when I was still learning about the reality of psychic and mediumship, it really convinced me that okay. I don't think this person's, you know, fibbing everyone. I think right. she's telling the truth right. and um, and the contrast of her life before versus her life now. So I'm like, okay, I'm open. Um, I was still at the time, this was years ago, a little on the fence about the channeling aspect. And in this case, she's not, she's not being taken over physically like a physical medium because I want to be clear about the her. distinction. So she's yeah. channeling a team, yeah. right, of, of right. beings. So um, sometimes they take over her voice. You And she talks about this. Um, she, she talks about it in a YouTube video called What is Trans Channeling? But they do take over her voice box sometimes, and her voice does change. But in other types, you're right, she is trans channeling and does not technically call herself a physical medium. But there's there's various levels, you know, and she's public with what she needs to be public with you sure. know and but um you know in in cases like the the amazing beautiful medium humble medium scott milligan who goes through we don't die radio yes. and sandra champlain when eric takes over scott's voice it changes completely it's eric's voice who's or, eric um, Eric is the main spirit guide other than our higher self, which is all of our number one spirit guide, but it's his main spirit control from the other side. And when Eric takes over Scott's vocal cords, his voice does change, right? More than Suzanne and Sanaya. Um, but, and then my favorite is Elaine Thorpe and Jonathan. She's in the UK and you can look her up on YouTube, but when Elaine, like, she has a sweet voice, like, that's just her normal voice. It's just a sweet little voice. And then when Jonathan takes over, it becomes a man's voice. It's a complete man's voice. It's a complete transition of her vocal cords. And she can hear him. Estelle Roberts talks about this from her in her work with Red Cloud. She can hear him, but she cannot control when the Jonathan comes, when he starts and stops. She can go into meditation 
and allow Jonathan to come in, but she cannot control when Jonathan starts or stops. She can hear it in the background. And so, yeah, there are these different levels and intentionality, love, safety, healing. That's all first and foremost. Um, in my case, I just had my first experience with direct voice. That's called direct voice, where they take over your vocal cords and you can't control it. Um, I've had two experiences now this past year, but the first really real one was just two weeks ago. And I was like, wow, <laughs> That's incredible. I, was, I couldn't do anything about it. I was listening to it. I was there. I was there. You know, it was my body, but I couldn't stop the, the person trying to come through my voice box. <laughs> but you still have control. Ultimately, uh, I had like no if... control. I had no control in that instance of direct voice right. two weeks ago. But currently with the mediumship that I do yeah. and the readings I do, and I think Suzanne's similar when she channels Sanaya, there, you can start and stop it. Yeah. But th that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting yes. at is that yeah. I don't want people to misunderstand this and think that we have no control, that they can take over right. our bodies and our voice. Right. No. So it's not it's like, like that. No, it's like, because, you know, that that's like possession stuff. That's just, no, it's, it's a melding with your energy. And then in full direct voice mediumship, it's called direct voice mediumship. You, uh, you have worked with your spirit guide, the whole, your spirit control for a long time. In my case, it'd be Red Cloud, okay? So I've been working with him now for a long time and I'm starting to, well, long enough that I'm starting, it's starting to be a, I'm starting to get very familiar with him and him with me and it, it'll be a long time. We'll continue to, I hope, work together. When he takes over my voice, if he takes over my voice, it's called direct voice mediumship and I do not have control over it. And Eric Harris, his first experience, he was a seance medium and, you know, there's many now living today, not, they're, they're, they're rare, but they're starting, it's starting to pick back up again. Physical mediumship is, 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 I'm so excited. It's just coming back again. And, and with the, with beautiful teachers, um, like Michael Shane and, you know, there's just these wonderful mediums doing this work and for the right reasons, um, you can hear it, but you cannot control it. And in full physical mediumship, the medium is unconscious and you don't hear or remember anything or control anything. You, can, you only find out what happened if it's recorded or when you wake up and then people tell you what happened. <laughs> So, so there's different levels. Yeah, different, yeah, yeah. And that's important types, to know. People, types. again, it, yeah. sometimes we just take it as black and white. It's either this or it's that. But there's also the variations as you're talking about. So what's the benefit between mental mediumship and physical mediumship? Like, oh, my gosh. What a good question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to think about this for a minute. Well, the, the benefit of both is the healing, the healing mm -hmm. that happens for all involved the the awareness the the lucid acute um, enhanced awareness that life goes on after death that that the universe is alive and much much bigger than we can comprehend with our biological brain um, the benefit is connecting loved ones who have crossed over to those grieving on the earth plane especially when you've lost a child or just somebody very very close to you in life and you know you can't get past that grief and you know 
so the connection between you and loved ones across the veil there's other benefits in addition i mean like i've said that just the joy of the connection and the sublime awareness and communication and just conversation that happens um between the spirit world and and whoever you know you or if you're in a séance i mean i have had conversations with winston churchill that is a fact <laughs> And many, many, many people have had conversations with Winston Churchill because the medium he entrances, Warren Kaler, has been doing this for 22 years. And he's been tested by the ISS MPI and Jock Brockus and other people who have verified his mediumship. Um, you know, all these, this type of stuff is going to be controversial no matter what time period it, it is because, because of many good reasons, actually, why it's controversial. I mean, it's hard to logically understand how it works for, with the bi just using the biological brain. But there are so many benefits. And I just have to say, in addition to all of that that we've already talked about, I just think it's so full of positive energy and high vibration that I love it. <laughs> I just love it. It's like food for me, food and water. And it's just full of so much joy and fun. I have to admit, it's just a lot of fun, too. Well, that's it's important. So we fun. need fun so in our fun. lives. <laughs> yes. So it has a lot of benefits. Um, but those would be the main ones. You know, just lastly, obviously, enhanced understanding and wisdom that comes with it, the learning, the knowledge um, there's so much learning. It's all about learning. And so there's a lot of lucid understanding and connection, not only between you and the other side, as they say, it's really just another dimension. Yeah. It's not, there's no veil. There's, it's not, it's not, uh, the other side in that way it's really just another as you know another dimension it's multi-dimensional yeah. and we are multi-dimensional yeah so you know the connection that it creates between us you know here on the earth too you know it just creates so much harmony i have i have never seen anything negative yet that has happened in this work that i'm doing or in seance or with physical mediumship I just, I know that there's lower vibrations. I know how to protect myself and all of that. And that stuff is real, but I don't entertain it and I'm not interested. And I've seen so much beautiful, profound connection and joy from it all that, you know, it's so worth looking into. If anyone who's never looked into it or isn't sure, there's so many positives to it and beautiful ways to look into it. And it's not about pushing religion either or knocking religion. Spirituality is a very broad category. Right. Yeah. And you talk about this in your books. You have three books that you've published. Well, they're tiny little ebook things. So, yes. But thank you. Yes. <laughs> they're not like there's a lot of mistakes in like in the third one, but yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay, I read the uh, Transfiguration for a Postmodern that, Age. Yeah, yeah, there's some grammatical mistakes in there. <laughs> I think that happens in digital copy often. Yes, so. yeah, yeah. But you, you do talk about those things. You explain physical mediumship. You, then you talk about your background. You've had a lot of obstacles growing up as well, um, even to the point that 
you almost thought or it was believed that you weren't capable of writing, which is correct, which is surprising to me because your books are very eloquent. You speak very eloquently. You're being um, really nice. I would today. never know. No, but I would never. <laughs> I really didn't. You know, I knew you a little bit from. You're being, yeah. I knew you a little bit from really our nice. from our yeah. interview yeah. in the spring, but I read it and I thought, well, I don't see evidence of that anywhere. Wow. Well, that's a first. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, I think it's getting better as I get older. I think now that I understand my learning differences, um, what someone recently called neuromagical, they said, I said, I have learning disabilities. They said, no, you're neuromagical. <laughs> I love that. Oh Isn't my that gosh. Fun? That, that's a way better term. And I think they should change it in all the clinical that's books. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I say learning differences. Well, you know, I had my own language as a child. I heard words backwards by syllable, and my brain developed that way. Wow. So I didn't have linear memory. I had backwards causal memory um, by sound, right? So imagine hearing every word backwards, remembering it backwards, and then still stringing together sentences somehow, right? So I have no idea what that did to my brain. I used to have mini seizures as a child um, that, that, that slowed down time. So I remember experiencing everything around me as if it were on the wrong speed of a record player auditorily, and then it would stop, and then they'd go away. So I had to correct all that. And so I still, to this day, even as a professor, I would never grade for grammar. And I have to pay editors every time I write. And I don't have all the you know money for that kind of thing. So, But that the first book, The Technological Age and the Orb Phenomena, that's the better one I think of the three. But what I did is I just, when I left academia last year by choice, full-time, beautiful position in Rhode Island, but, um, and I loved teaching and I miss it, but I had to for so many reasons. And I just decided to put everything I had into the, the, those, those three, including financially, but those three little eBooks in the past year, just so that there was some record of why I left, what I'm doing. And that also not about me, what this is, what is this spirit photography that's happening now, not just to me, but to many people, many yeah. And the transfiguration just started this year. So I'm surprised we even get the photos we do. Um, I do work on it every day of my life, but it just started this year. So talk so about so transfiguration grateful. and what that is. So there's a long history, but when it comes to the photography of it, obviously starting with the birth of the camera, right? So it's been around. I mean, you could look up Sir Arthur Conan Doyle from Sherlock Holmes. He was a big spiritualist and proponent of spirit photography, wrote a book on spirit photography, um, tested mediums with spirit photography himself. And so basically transfiguration is done under red light. And red light is used, for those who may not know, because it's the, sl the longest wavelength and the slowest speed of all the types of light. And so because it has such a slow speed and because it has such a long wavelength, the spirit world could kind of grab onto it, if you know what I mean, yeah. um, because they are trying to connect and lower their vibration. And it's an, it's an easy, safe way. You know, the 
media has made it look scary, you know, scary films and movies or something. It's in, in trance too. people say are scary, but if it's done right, it's never scary. It's if it's done, you know, um, with knowledge and understanding, but you think of developing film in a dark room, they use red light, right? It's not scary. It's safe. So red light is used. It helps the spirit world show themselves. Um, but the stuff now being done, like I just think of Sonia Rinaldi. Oh my gosh, the stuff being done is way beyond this now. But red light transfiguration mediums are a thing. And that's apparently what's happening this year to me. But you sit under red light, you go into meditation, you ask the spirit world to show themselves safely. You're protected. And then somebody takes pictures of you in meditation. And, and it doesn't look like anything's happening. Um, sometimes people can see stuff with their eyes. I've had that. But on average, it doesn't look like anything's happening. But then when you look at the pictures afterward, you could see spirits over your face and body or ectoplasm clouds. Or I know since you did look at that book, you saw the spirit face transform at the very end. That's Red yes. Cloud. And you can tell it's not my face. There's a huge nose and big lips and a big chin and a big head. And, and it took that whole hour to get to that picture for him. But that's Red Cloud. And there he is. And it looks like him. It doesn't look like me anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's at first it's hard to see. And I find that sometimes you just have to relax your gaze and just let the image kind of show itself. Yeah. Because I, well I've seen, said. yeah, I've seen pictures where you know, first, I de definitely can't see anything. And that's probably just I'm closed off, or I'm a little feeling a little skeptical. But I notice that if I just relax into it and just keep looking at it, just like a 3d cube, right, changes right. perception. Isn't that just interesting it's phenomenal. in and of itself? And about it'll, perception. it'll happen for other people more than some for more than others. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Even just on that note of perception itself, I'm fascinated because some children see orbs with their bare eyes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I see the orbs in my peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. So why peripheral vision <clears throat> and not real vision, regular, whatever that's called. You know, I see to my peripheral vision when yeah. the flash goes off. So I need the flash for my eyes to see the orbs. Ah, okay. And, and some people don't see them at all. And yeah. you can only see them with the flash or, you know, but yeah, you do have to relax, but some of them are starting to be pretty obvious also, sure. which is helpful, but you're yes. right. On average, you have to kind of just, you know, like looking at one of those pictures where you can't, it's like, I forget what they're called, those splatter painting pictures with the dots and you can't really see the image. But if you relax your gaze, some people can start to see the image in there. Right. It's, you know, hidden. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm just grateful. It shocks me every day. So I just ask spirit to keep using me for the greater good. <laughs> so, so, and then with orbs, we have so much to cover here with orbs. Um, so that's another phenomena that's come out. Uh, a lot of people catch orbs from digital photography. So it seems to be more frequent with the advent of digital photography. Some specialists might say, well, that's just a lens flare, that's just dust, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, some of these orbs seem to have structure and substance and, that's, and, faces. and faces. So Distinct yeah. faces. So other than t tampering with right. the photograph, right. if that's right. not taking place, then my goodness, what are, what are we catching on film here? 
That's right. That's right. Well, of course, obviously, the scientific work now for this is the orb project. Very scientific. They did clean room experiments and still got orbs. Um, but I just did a presentation. They just let they let me first time ever at the IONS, the annual IONS conference. And IONS and is I, what? The International Association of Near Death Studies and their annual conference. Um, and I did a live spirit photography demonstration, which is a risk because what if they don't show up? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they did. They did show up. And we were able to show everybody that. And so um, they do. They have, they have geometric patterns. They have bright light coming off their edges. Bright light. They move and you can capture their, their moving traces. Um, and there's different colors. There's... Virginia Hummel and Nancy Myers, two orb mediums, got their sons and the distinct features of their sons' faces inside the orbs. I mean, distinct features. And in fact, one of their sons went even further to, in order to give her evidence and convince her, kind of like Camille and Aaron, right, Dan, um, he, he had, you know, finding ways to make sure she was convinced in the beginning, right, to give her evidence. Uh, he didn't even show his adult face because he sadly transitioned when he was in his 20s but I think it was Virginia Hummel her son showed up in an orb in the exact detail including a, a weird part a beautiful weird part in the front of his hair from his seventh grade photo <sighs> so right chills what do you chills. how do you deny like she's not you know making it up so I can be tested if people deny that it's real just you know, look at the Orb Project, look at Virginia Hummel's work, Nancy Myers, but also look at the fact that I do it every time, humbly stated, with repeatability. So, and you can get it in, in my events now. People are starting to get orbs with their own cameras, including smartphones, at my events. They didn't get them before, but now at our gatherings, our healing, trance, very small gatherings, at the end of those, they're starting to get them on their own cameras. And so... There's something happening, you know, where I can help bring it to people. Um, I don't, I don't know all yet of how or why. I just think I have some sort of ionization cloud around me or something, you know. Like I just, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit off, <laughs> a little bit weird or something. But there's an ionization, a cloud around me. I don't know what's going on, but I'm learning, and I know that it's repeatable. Mm -hmm. And when you get repeatability and testability, and when they're there, full of joy and love, and 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 um they're bringing such beauty and information, then there's something spiritual happening, right? Mm. I do know um, that I have right here in front of me, actually, because I was hoping we would talk about it, and I know we're getting ready to, at the end of our talk here, but Sanaya, speaking of Suzanne Geisman, her group, Sanaya, that she channels, they actually were asked by Virginia Hummel what orbs are in a private reading with Suzanne, and this is what they said. They said, quote, an orb is evidence of life. It carries the energy of life itself. Orbs are sentient beings, if you wish to call them beings, <laughs> coalescing energy that can form and dissolve at will for your enjoyment and for the lessons placed there by higher consciousness but they are fully conscious and sentient themselves. And then they said, how do you like that? Like the cells in your body, your cells 
are all conscious. They are orderly, the orbs, and they have their own system. Wow. End quote. Sanaya. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I haven't heard it explained that way. Um, so orb, this orb uh, mediumship, let's call it. Is that physical mediumship as well? That's just another form, yes. right? Yeah. So here's another variation that I think people aren't familiar with. And can this be its own session? I guess that that can be something where you try to get the consciousness of people's loved ones, for example, yes. to come through yes. these apparently sentient beings of orbs. Yes, yes. and uh, I think it's Dr. Klaus Heinemann, the physicist, the experimental physicist who works on this, now thousands of photos. His wife, Gundi Heinemann, who writes some of the books with him, she's a quantum Reiki healer, mm. and she uses the orb energy in her quantum healing. So he's there capturing them on film, but she's there. I don't know how she works. You know, I've only talked to them once, but I don't know all the details, but she's there using the orb energy and asking the orb energy to do quantum healing. And... Even even just as fun for someone like me, there's a author who wrote Karma Road. And I forget her name at the moment. It's the book's right there in front of me, but I haven't read it yet. But she is has proof that she might be the reincarnated version of George Eliot, the author. What's so fun about this for me is I noticed all about her, found out about her and all this because... I'm a Spinoza scholar, and George Eliot was the first author to ever publish Spinoza's Ethics into English in philosophy. She also wrote lots of literature. She was known as a literary writer. But if this woman is the reincarnation of George Eliot, it sounds obscure, but they did all this testing, and she got like a hundred points of um, similarity between her and George Eliot, including sitting with I think Klaus Heinemann and another person, she was sitting in an office of a, in a library and they said, well, she asked, the, she asked a medium, am I the reincarnation of George Eliot? And they got photographs of orbs hovering over George Eliot's novel at the exact moment as an answer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's validation right there. Fun. Oh my gosh. Time and date stamp. Yeah. <laughs> they asked a question and the orbs answered for them. That's amazing. Right. And they have the pictures and they've published on that and she's published on that. The book's called Karma Road, but I love the Spinoza connection because <laughs> of my Absolutely. Yeah. I'll make sure I put that in that link in the show notes so people oh, can thanks. look it up for themselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, this is fascinating stuff. And um, this is, I guess, why you were inspired to call your podcast and your business Orb Magic. Yes. Yeah. For now. For we'll now. We'll see what happens next. <laughs> There's always For something now. new evolving, right? So you never know what yeah. the road's going to lead to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wonderful. Thank you for mentioning it. <laughs> of course. Yes. No. Yeah. Check out the podcast on all the platforms, Orb Magic. And yeah, on Anchor, mostly Anchor, Spotify, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So what's the website? And my website. Yeah. What's your yeah. website where people can, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but if you just Thank want to you. say it and then people Thanks. can reach out for sessions and yes. other things. Well, the very nice looking, simple uh, website is just christinarawls.com. It's just simple, easy to use and just, um, you know, a couple of links. And But then it connects to my other website, which has tons of stuff resources, pictures, you know, upcoming um, gatherings, 
Um, and you can schedule readings, private readings, but that's at drchris1111.com. So D-R-C-H-R-I-S 1111.com. Very magical. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christina, this has Thank been amazing. You. I really enjoy our conversations and Thank your you. wisdom and you're bringing, you're opening a door and bringing the public something that people again have misunderstood and that's just was kind of set aside for many many decades even because of fraud back in the day right oh yeah but it's not fraudulent and there are legitimate physical mediums and there's a lot of benefit to it as well so there's mental mediumship so you go for a reading and you know you get information and, and hopefully validated and evidential information but then there's the physical mediumship that we just talked about and yeah. it can offer so many beautiful things to people and different yeah. ways of connecting and knowing that there is another side that which yeah. is another dimension and our loved ones are around and um this world and that, is, and is magical goes, that's right and that <laughs> life goes on after death and we all have it i'm not special Mine just happens to be a little strong these days, but uh, we all have it. And the sooner that we choose, it's not, not force it on anyone, but the sooner we choose to realize it's magic, it's healing powers, it's knowledge, and, and it's our capacity to gain a greater understanding, the more peaceful and loving and amazing this planet will be. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to Dr. Christina Rawls. For more on Dr. Rawls and to book her sessions, please visit drchris1111.com. The advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. You follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. And be sure to join me next time where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.